Hello and welcome to the new Digital Age PMU podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women that have taken part in the Practice Makes Some Perfect programme. A course developed in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So tell me hi and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. Thank you. So before we start, let's hear a bit about you. Do you want to tell us who you are, where you work, what you do there, all that sort of thing, and I guess a bit about what you did before your current role? Yes, of course. So first off, I'm absolutely delighted to be here today. Thank you for having me. Um, My name's Tammy Wilson. I'm Business Transformation Director for The Times and The Sunday Times, and I've worked in our industry on and off since 1995. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about playing a part in protecting professional journalism. So this makes my current role my dream job. Uh, But prior to that, I've run large sales teams. I've launched magazines. I started at the most junior level in publishing and worked my way up. Um, And I left the industry to run my own wedding planning business for seven years. So as well as that, I would also say I'm an unapologetic midlifer. Um, I'm bringing up two preteen daughters with my husband and navigating that maelstrom of hormones with a heavy mix of prescription medication, true crime podcasts and lots of laughter and crying. <laughs> Fantastic. Good intro. Well, so Tammy, let's talk about the subject of choice, which is multi-generational workplaces. And um, this is just a it's a reality for, for most companies now. So tell me about why you want to talk about this particular topic. Because I think I'm in a relatively unique position of seeing it from quite a few different places. Um, So I am a midlifer. So uh, I see it from the perspective of um, ageism in the industry. Uh, Interestingly, there's an ADP study that says that ageism is actually the biggest um, form of discrimination in UK workplaces with about 8% of UK employees um, experiencing it. So I see it from that perspective and um, that interests me. I may be nearly 50, but I'm not done yet. So I see it, I see it from there. But I also see it in my role in um, mentoring uh, younger people into the industry. So I'm pastoral lead for the News UK, new intake of COO apprentices. Uh, who, whose passion and enthusiasm is just phenomenal uh, and who are going to teach me as much, if not more, than I can possibly teach them. And also as a mom of young daughters, I see it there. You know, they will be entering the workplace in the next eight to ten years. Um, and I want to see what I can do to make that as positive an experience as possible and one where they don't have to wait until they're in their midlife to find their voice and be heard. Okay, so there's lots of lots of things to discuss there. I guess let's talk about ageism first. Uh, we know that the, the industry you're in, the media industry, the marketing, the advertising industries is really quickly or trying to quickly address its various issues with isms. You know, diversity is a, a huge topic of, of discussion and every form of that is sort of being looked at now harder than it ever was. Ageism, I kind of agree, it is one of the last sort of forgotten areas of isms. And it does, especially in in maybe advertising more than media, but it definitely plays a part. So what are you seeing as some of the biggest challenges in the workplace with ageism? Well, I actually think it comes from the the uh, culmination of, of four 
different generations, like different groups of people in the in the um, modern workplace for the first time in living history, really. And that a lot of that comes from the fact that 10 years, 10 years ago, since um, the UK law that meant that employers could force people to retire at 65 uh, was scrapped. So you've now got a situation where you've got some seriously grown up grown ups um and and a much much younger generations but you've got four very distinct groups of people who are coming at work with very very different um opinions and i think what we need to make sure that we do is that we a don't underestimate the value of the older generation but that equally the older generation takes responsibility for imparting the knowledge that they have built up but also being um open to the fact that they don't have all the answers to all the questions and that the worst thing in the world they can do is stay in their ivory towers keep spouting the same old same old because that's actually not going to help the younger generation to connect with them and for that exchange of knowledge um to really take place before some of us older ones hopefully skip off into the sunset so so I guess there's two sort of two dimensions to this. One is the actually say the knowledge that people build up over a long career, uh, which obviously younger generations haven't because they, they're younger. Then there's also the different sort of cultural uh, approaches to the to the workplace in general, and definitely sort of uh, millennials now. I mean, millennials now are are old now, essentially yeah. not really, but you know, uh, Gen Z, Gen Z, it's always called annoyingly, but you know, have a different approach to how work should be than you know generations people like yourself so first let's talk about that the different um view on the workplace itself especially given in mind the last 18 months have changed everything so how can how can the two often very conflicting viewpoints exist in harmony do you think there's a really interesting um book called generations at work is written by a, a group of people led by a guy called zemke and what's really interesting about that is that they talk about the um the four different these four different groups of people and how how um businesses can really focus on getting them to communicate together to work most effectively together and the impact that that has and there really are five different things that you need to take into consideration when you're doing this one is accommodate employee differences so rather than coming from a place of there needs to be a policy there needs to be a set of rules around which everybody works it's about treating your employees as and particularly in our industry as you would do your customers so be really curious about them find out what their needs are and serve them it's that whole kind of benefits and and features piece as well isn't it and really make the effort to meet them where they are then there's about creating workplace choices and I think this this for me is is really interesting so shortening the chain of command so we can we have very very hierarchical um structures particularly in this industry and anything that we can do that decreases bureaucracy and allows the workplace to kind of really shape itself around the work that's being done and the customers that are being served and the people who work there is going to create a more motivating workplace for uh most if not all of the generations that work in it and then one that I think is fundamental and that businesses really struggle to do and we're going some way towards doing it but it but it's really hard and that is giving every single employee really clear sight of the big picture what the specific goals are what the measures are for the business and then get out of their way and let them do it so rather than that 
kind of age old thing of I will know you're working hard if I see you at your desk at nine o'clock and you haven't left by the time I leave. It's here's what we're trying to do. Here's what I need you to do in order to help us achieve that goal. Now go off and do it and come back and show me what you've done and I'll reward you and motivate you again and, and leave you to go off and do and do that. And then the fourth thing is about respecting competence. I think one of the hardest things for a lot of senior people to do is to see younger generations come into the workplace and and assume and, and not just assume that they still have so much to learn. Yes, they do. We all do. But they have great things to offer. And if you treat them from the word go as having great things to offer, they'll be motivated to do their best. And then finally, I think it's about it's about nourishing retention. It's about saying keeping valuable employees is as important as finding and retaining customers. Keeping that in mind, making sure that what you're doing is offering lots of training across the workplaces, bringing together um, multifunctional uh, different groups of, of people on projects that are broader and bigger than, than they might necessarily work on. I certainly find this in my business development role, um, that I am often bringing together virtual teams of people who wouldn't otherwise work together. And what is amazing is that kind of light bulb moment when people from across the business who wouldn't normally speak to each other go, oh, actually, we're all on the same page. What? Why are we operating in silos when we're so much better when we work together? It's kind of fascinating, as you say, that I've, again, there's lots of talk about diversity in the industry and, and the need for diverse teams to create the sort of the advertising and products and services for a, for a representative, you know, representative human population. Uh, if you don't have the right diverse, diverse forces going in, how can you get the right diverse products coming out? Now, ageism, age, I think, is often missed out of this uh, equation. I was talking to someone not so long ago who was uh, an agency working on a, on a menopause campaign and all the people were in their 20s. So what do you think in terms of the creative output of our, our industry and you know, the whole creative media industry? How's that been damaged by the lack of often, you know, people above a certain age feeding into that process, especially producing products and services and campaigns that are aimed at uh, the entire population? Yes, I think I, I would agree. And I would also say that actually one of the, most frustrating things is is seeing people not include the very people that they're trying to reach in in the work that they're doing and this is this is not a new thing I mean I can remember this back in my first days of the industry when you would talk about how cars are sold and actually cars are sold to men when a lot of the time the people that are making the decisions are outside of that demographic and are just not being talked to at all. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for um, breaking down some of the taboos around um, uh, around things like the menopause. I think there is, and I, and I speak actually from personal experience here, there is a reticence to want to put your hand up and say, by the way, I'm a midlifer and that means I'm going through X, Y, Z, cut me some slack, because our industry is inherently not really very understanding of things that a they don't understand or that b don't um, necessarily mean that people are going to be in the office 24 7 available 24 7 so I think it is about businesses also saying we need to be mindful and we need to walk the walk as well as talk the talk of these issues that are affecting the people who we are trying to reach on a daily basis 
So how well do you think, again, back to my, you know, sort of opening comments about the fact there's so much great work going on addressing every form of diversity in this industry in particular. How do you think the industry as a whole, not where you work now, but as a whole is doing about addressing this issue of ageism, essentially? I think we, I think the industry is making noise around it. I think sometimes what happens is that the business at uh, the industry will focus on one person who is bucking the trend so an older person leading a bit leading a business or a woman in a more senior position for the first time um, in a company and I think that that in itself is perpetuating that um, that it's unusual and that it should be something that's lauded. I think it's a, I think it's a, a fine balance though. You want to get to a, a stage where ageism isn't a thing because it's normal. Um, and when you think about the journey that we are on and ha- have been on and probably will be on for a long time around other forms of ism, I don't think it's something that's going to change quickly um, or without everybody playing their part. Yeah, it's a really good point for the first time. It's often used for the first time, and then for the first time itself can then make make the optics worse. But if you're not recognising that sort of, uh, not recognising those moves, I guess, the, again, you're not moving forward. Yes, and I, I think there is um, a lot to be said for the people in those roles calling out that as well. I can remember talking to... Um, uh, Karen Blackett at WPP when she came in when I worked at Vice she came and talked to our teams about how to build your personal brand and it was it, really interesting and I was obviously at the older end of that age group by quite some like some stretch but the one thing that stuck with me is she talked about the onus on leaders to um to really show the behaviors that that, that will motivate the rest of their teams to follow through and the thing for me she talked about her flexible working and bringing up her her son on her own and how she had flexible working quite early on and she made a point of uh, to quote her leaving loudly so when I finish at five o'clock on a whatever day I leave loudly I don't sneak off I don't go around the back way so nobody can see me go I leave loudly because that then empowers the people around me to do the same I'm modeling the behavior rather than just box ticking and saying we as a business do flexible working but if you can't see that as somebody who wants flexible working for example it's going to be so much harder to ask for it and I think that that's that's a sim that's the kind of work that we can do as we as we go through the ranks as well to 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 model the behaviors that will help to motivate inspire and retain those younger generations because they're seeing flexibility um, in their leaders. Love that. I, I mean, she's amazing, Karen Blackett, but I hadn't heard that before. Leaving yeah. loud. That's yeah, I, I know so many people who you know, sneak out of work because they shouldn't be going, but it's been cleared by the boss. They need 4.30 for their, for their kids. That's, that's amazing. I've done it. I've done it myself and, and snuck out. And then after speaking to or hearing Karen speak, I, I do remember I had a boss who would say things like, oh, part-timer, you know, that old chestnut when you're leaving at a prearranged time. Um, and my classic <laughs> comeback to the house was always, I'm actually off to do to start my second full-time job. <laughs> very good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Shut so, yeah, up. <laughs> I love that. So listen, I, I love it. I, I love that. This has been my favorite chat for ages. Uh, so what would be your one piece of advice to someone out there listening who's, you know, same, same stage of life as you and also and maybe doesn't have as understanding 
uh, a boss, a company as you do, what's your one piece of advice to how they can, I mean, you could still count blackouts and say leave loudly, but what's your one piece of advice to how to that person who are slightly worried about, you know, as they get older and maybe their company not appreciating as much as they should? I think my first port of call, if there isn't a sympathetic ear in your line manager, would be to have a conversation with HR if you have an in there and somebody that you can go and talk to, because there will be policies. And if there aren't policies, there absolutely should be. And you could become part of a team that works towards doing that. So we're working on menopause policies at the moment. We have a big DNI and um, inclusion scheme, as you would expect, of a big business. But a lot of it is about actually putting yourself out there and making the changes, being part of the changes that are going to make your life better because nobody is going to hand anything to you on a plate. Um, And if you do have to fight a little bit harder than you'd like to for these things, I would focus on the people that you're doing it for and that's the people that you'll be helping up the ladder behind you. Tammy, thank you so much. That was honestly, it was inspirational chat. I think anyone listening would definitely should take your advice thank you so much for joining us today thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure and thank you for listening goodbye